If you have your Bibles this morning, if you find your place in Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6 is where we'll be looking this morning. May the Lord bless you for being with us today on this uh, time change Sunday. And so I hope that you'll find your place in God's Word. And we continue to think together today, church, about the importance of this great spiritual habit of the Lord Jesus, that is, of praying. When the disciples heard the Lord Jesus pray, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. What is so critical in our spiritual life is to learn the importance of prayer. And so the Lord gives us these guidelines called most of the time famously the Lord's Prayer. But I do believe this is the disciples' prayer. This is what disciples pray in every generation at every age. My prayer is that you're praying these phrases with some thought behind them. And that's why we are taking the time to look at each of these a little bit in detail. This last week, First Baptist Church did one of our first acts of ministry to the local DCS office. We took $600 worth of gift cards and provided them for the for all of the caseworkers to use. You see, as the caseworkers go out and take care of these foster children and transfer whatever they're doing, these kids have needs. Sometimes they don't have anything to eat. Sometimes they need supplies or other things. Well, uh, many times the caseworkers end up having to pay for this themselves. They're certainly going to not go without uh, the children having help. So we provided that this, uh, this week, and I'm grateful we did. And we had a very nice response from them. We'll continue to do other things for uh, our DCS local uh, office in Dixon. Sign up to be a DCS volunteer. Sign up to be a DCS volunteer. I have signed up myself. I encourage you to sign up to be a DCS volunteers, uh, volunteer. Contact the church office and we'll let you know. So we read this morning, beginning in the, at the beginning of the prayer, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We thank you for your grace and mercy to us in our lives. We pray this morning, Lord, that you would call out new volunteers and those who have the skill to be trauma counselors for foster children in Tennessee. We pray for these foster children who go through all kinds of emotional trauma and struggles because they are separated from their families. Help us in this room to remember that. Help us to remember what it's like for a child to be separated from their family of origin. We pray that you might call out these who could come alongside these dear children and help them understand what they're going through in their trauma and their stress, we pray that you would help us as a church to do our job of standing beside these who are caring for 
the fatherless and the motherless. We pray that you would give us grace today to understand your word. But deliver us from evil. But deliver us from evil. There is much in this that we, meet, we must understand. There is much in this that would keep us from falling and losing ground in being a gospel witness. There's much in this that we must remember about the evil one who seeks to assault us spiritually. We pray that today during this brief time we have in your word, you would give us the ability to understand your word and strengthen us in it as we hear it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The focal truth for today is very clear. It is this that we pray in our disciples' prayer. We pray to the Lord, Heavenly Father, deliver us from evil. This is, this is what we pray. Heavenly Father, deliver us from evil. Excuse me, just one moment. I want to begin today by asking you several questions that I hope that will uh, we'll set up for you what I want us to see today. This is such a critical matter. You see, when you study and you look carefully at the Lord's Prayer, there are things that are left out and there are things that are included. It's important for us to see what the Lord has included. These are essentials for us all. We're reminded here that we are to come in prayer of worshiping and adoring the Heavenly Father. Prayer starts in worship and praise. We say, Our Father who is in heaven. We say, Hallowed be your name, as we've talked about in detail. We say, Your kingdom come, your will be done. You see, it's our Father who is in heaven while we're here on earth. Hallowed is his name, and his kingdom come, and his will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. This is how we start. We start by honoring God, glorifying God, praying to our Heavenly Father. And as we say our Father who is in heaven, God the Father meets us and we have fellowship with Him. This is such wonderful truth, my friends. I hope that all of you, this is my prayer for you as your pastor. I pray that you know what it is like to go to the secret place and say our Father who is in heaven and sense and know by the Holy Spirit that God is there with you. There's nothing sweeter. There's nothing more secure. There's nothing that gives more confidence, regardless of what you're facing, than being able to say, Our Father who is in heaven. And then as you begin to speak with Him in these ways, what happens? Well, then we come to our requests. What is it that's been left out and what's been included? Notice we have just this brief set of daily requests we should make of our Heavenly Father. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. I believe the same emphasis is on this day in each of the other requests. And forgive us this day of our debts, verse 12. As we have this day, this day we have forgiven our debtors. And this day do not lead us into temptation, but this day deliver us from evil. There is a very important reality that we must all be aware of, and that is the reality and awareness of evil. Some of you in this room deal with, you know, because of what you do, we have people in our church who, are, who serve in law enforcement, who serve in our court systems, who do other things, and they are very aware 
every day of the sadness of the evil that is in the world. That evil that finds itself expressed in homes, in the lives of people, in their treatment of others. We see it on the news. But sometimes we seem to want to avoid thinking about evil. But the Lord reminds us that daily we must pray, deliver us from evil. There is no denial. There is no avoidance of evil in this prayer. There is a request to be delivered from evil. And how does evil affect your Christian life? It's not often that we pause to think about the, empower, the power of evil to impress us, to, to tempt us, to overpower us in this world that we will today. Do you believe that the devil's real and powerful? Do you really believe that there is such a person, that there is such a created being as we know him as the devil? The Lord gives us clear words about him, and we'll talk about it in a moment. But the reality of this fallen angel who has now rebelled and has been in rebellion ever since the beginning of time and will one day be dealt with finally by the Lord Jesus himself. But do you really understand? Are you aware of the impact and the power and the reality of the devil and his demons? And at the same time, why is it important for me to pray for deliverance from evil if I've already been saved? If I'm already saved, then surely, Pastor Mike, I don't have to worry about praying, deliver me from evil. Well, all of these and many other questions are very important for us today. I want us in the short time I have to focus in on why it's important and what are some of the, what are some of the ways or what are some of the things we're saying to God the Father when we pray, deliver us from evil. I have three observations for you that I'd like for us to, to look at today. And I'm going to give a verse of scripture with each one of them just to amplify on what I believe the Lord is teaching us here in this prayer of deliver us from evil. Number one, when we pray deliver us from evil, by the way, when we pray us, we're also praying for one another. You see, we're praying in intercession. I'm praying for you and you're praying for me. Deliver us. Deliver Pastor Mike from evil. I'm praying for you. Deliver, and I can say all of your names. You, we're praying for one another. We're praying for the global church. We're praying for all of God's people who find themselves in all kinds of circumstances. And we pray, deliver us from evil. So we pray, deliver us from evil from, number one, inside of us, an evil heart. Some of you won't be comfortable with this, what I'm going to say. Some of you are going to deny this. But I warn you, there is something inside of you uh, that still has great evil and has great intent to disobey God, even if you're saved. And I'll elaborate in just a moment. When we pray, deliver us from evil, we pray, deliver us from an evil heart. We pray, secondly, uh, when we pray, deliver us from evil, we pray for deliverance from the evil one. That is the devil himself and his demons. And then we pray, deliver us from evil. We're also praying, deliver us from the evil age. An evil heart on the inside, an evil, an evil person on the outside coming around us in the world in which we find ourselves living, which is a, an evil age. Well, let me just talk for a few moments about each of these and talk to you about the importance of them. Because all of these things are critical to our spiritual health and our development as a Christian. 
I may have the Lord providing for my daily bread, forgiving me of my sins, giving me the ability to overcome my temptations. But oh, what about evil? What about evil? First, what is it that's within me that I must always deal with? Well, I'd like for you to take your Bible if you have it out. And if not, you can just listen along in Hebrews chapter 3. Turn there, if you will, for a moment. Hebrews chapter 3. We find these words in Hebrews 3, verses 12 and 13. I believe Paul the Apostle is behind the writing of the uh, book of Hebrews. And so Paul would say to us, take care, brethren. This is a warning to Christians. This is a warning to Christians. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any of you. So I, I give this same warning to this group of brothers and sisters in Christ. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any of you, in any of you, in any of us who are a part of this church, an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Verse 13, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Oh, we have something here very important. You see, we pray, we pray deliver us from evil in order that our heart might not be hardened and that we might not be again, uh, that we might not again be possessed of an evil, unbelieving heart. Oh, what can I say, my dear brothers and sisters? There's nothing sadder there's nothing more grievous to our relationship with God than starting our walk with God, having our hearts softened by the gospel, having soft, tender hearts, walking with God sensibly sensitive, knowing that we, we sin even after we've saved and we confess our sin, we try to walk with God, but then that evil, unbelieving heart. You see, to not trust God is evil. Some of you in this room... You must trust God in your circumstance, but you're, as a believer, are you trusting God? When I don't trust God, I do evil. Unbelief is evil. Unbelief is, is evil. The children of Israel are the example. Whatever God did for them, it never was enough. And they never believed God and they had evil hearts. And as a result, notice the progress. What happens when you have an evil, unbelieving heart? You fall away from God. You backslide. You go backward. You go back to some of the ways and behaviors you used to do before you were saved. You begin to act in ways you used to act. Things come out of your mouth that never should come out of your mouth as a Christian. You backslide because you've not paid attention to the evil that can be found in your heart. You see, when I get saved, there's a new Mike Miller and there's an old Mike Miller. When I come to know Jesus Christ, I'm saved from the old ways of wickedness and godlessness in my life. But I still have to deal with that old Mike Miller every day. He's not completely gone. He can find his way up. The word evil means wicked uh, or bad. It is badness in the heart. And what happens when we have an evil a heart of unbelief, we fall away from God. We don't pray like we used to. We don't spend time in God's word. We don't find it important to worship with God's people. We don't, we don't really spend a lot of time on ministry. We fall away from God. 
We used to have a heart sensitive to God. We used to desire the things of God, but now we've fallen away from God. There is, we have gone back to the old ways. We've not gotten rid and crucified our old flesh. That's why we pray every day, deliver us, first of all, on the inside from an evil heart of unbelief. By the way, also in verse 13, you know what happens? Your heart gets hard. There's nothing sadder than a hard-hearted Christian. There's nothing sadder. Augustine said, deliver me from myself. That's what we're praying. We're praying, deliver me from myself. Deliver me from myself. What did Paul say about himself? You know these words very well, most of you in this room today. I won't have you turn there, but in Romans chapter 7, what does Paul say about himself? The good that I want, I do not do. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. Let me read the statement again. It's Romans 7, 19. The good that I want. This is as a Christian. The good that I want, I do not do. This is the danger of that evil that's still within us. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. I find then the principle that evil is present in me. The one who wants to do good. So someone says, well, I'm not going to ever steal money. I'm a Christian. And then there's that occasion that comes in business. It comes even in the church house. Recently, a woman was uh, arrested and put in jail because she was a church secretary and stole thousands and thousands of dollars from the church. You say, well, it can't happen to me. There is inside of every believer here today, you still have great capacity to do great sin because there's still an old person that must be crucified every day. Do not underestimate, do not under, somebody says, well, that, how could that preacher have ever fallen? How could that deacon have ever done that? How could that good godly person have ever been like that? How could they be living like this now? Take care, brethren, that there be not in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God so encourage one another today so that you will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. This is, the, this is the connection to temptation. Oh, it looks good, doesn't it? Seems like this ought to be attractive. We can logically figure out how we can do what we're going to do, somehow hiding it. And the reality is sin deceives you. You're attracted by it. Your heart gets hard. And after you've sinned, oh, how sad it is to live with a hard heart against God and others. So this is why we pray. This is why the Lord said, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Look, when I, when I come to this phrase in praying the disciples' prayer, you know what I first am praying? I'm first saying, Lord... Here's my heart. Here's the condition of my heart today. Here's what's going on inside of my heart. And your heart, what is it? It's your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions, it's your desires, it's your affections. Here's my heart. Here's where I am today. Here's, where, here's the condition. Deliver us from evil. Secondly, we pray deliver us from the evil one. 
So we talk about the devil. Now, just back over in Matthew, if you go back to Matthew chapter 13, there the Lord Jesus tells us one of those <clears throat> wonderful everyday stories about, uh, about uh, life. And he uses everyday stories, everyday illustrations to describe spiritual truths. He's describing what happens when God's word is read, when God's word is preached, when God's word is taught. When you share the gospel with somebody, when you're sharing God's truth, people hear it in one of four ways. I won't talk about them all, but notice what the Lord himself says in uh, Matthew 13, uh, verse number 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, notice the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. What does the evil one, what does the devil snatch away? God's word. The truth. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And on the third day he rose from the dead. And now you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. He steals it away. He, the evil one snatches it away. You can be sure that wherever the word of God is being preached, the devil is in attendance. You can be sure. You can be sure that the devil and his demons are in attendance whenever the word of God is preached, wherever it is taught. And he is there, present. There is evil present. Even as we go to that secret place, is the word of God being snatched away? Pay attention how you hear. You see, believers understand that there is a real person of evil who is surrounded by personages, a whole group, host of demons. Devils and demons are real. This is a reality in our world. You cannot see their work sometimes. Sometimes they expose themselves visibly as they did in the Lord's day through demon-possessed people. But we see the activity of the evil ones all around us in our world today. That's why Paul said to us in his famous words, I won't have you turn there, Ephesians chapter 6. Most of you in here know them. In Ephesians 6, he talks about the importance of recognizing our struggle. Our struggle today. Ephesians 6.12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's, not, it's, it's against rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Yes, there is this great host led by the devil himself. And he is the father of lies, as the Lord said. He is, the one, he is the one who rebels against God and seeks for all to follow him in rebellion and believe his lies. He is only evil and he does only evil in the world. He has part in all evil that happens in the world. All of the most horrible things we think about in the world that are examples of evil. We must not forget that there are other examples like slander and gossip that are as, that are as evil as horrible horrible holocaust or other kinds of abuse and terrible things that take place in the world. Evil, evil comes from the adversary, our opponent, and he seeks to do what he can to stop you from following Jesus. He does what he does in order. He is your opponent. He and those demon forces are your opponent. They cannot 
They cannot take your soul. They cannot take you to hell. As a believer, you are now protected. You are now safe. But you are under harassment. You are under permanent harassment spiritually <clears throat> from this evil one <clears throat> and from all of this host, this army that he has positioned all around the world. He has devices. He has strategies. You see, the devil and the demons have had a long time to observe from creation till now how the behavior of human beings made in the image of God. He has strategies, he has plans, he has traps that he has set, and he is your opponent. You have a permanent opponent. It's not your friend that you're having a problem with that's your real opponent. It's not somebody that you have some kind of disagreement, no matter how much you might call them an enemy. You have an enemy if you're a believer, and every time you glorify God, pray to God, ask God to use you, he is doing what he can with his hordes to stop you and to, to, uh, to oppose you and, uh, and not allow you to share the gospel. We see this all in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever he went. We see it all through the early church. We see examples of it all through Christian history. You see, the devil seeks to draw us away from God. If he can give you something else to focus on rather than your relationship with God. If he can keep you from praying. If he can keep you from the word of God. Reading it. Taking it in. Meditating on it. If he can keep you from ministry and serving to others. <clears throat> he will do what he can to draw us away from serving God. He will do what he can to prevent God's work. And his word from going forth and the work of God being deepened in your life. Look, let me say it as clearly as I can. The devil's objective, if he could do it, is to literally destroy you. To destroy you. To eliminate you. You are part of the problem, you see. Because you are a follower of Jesus. The goal is to destroy the church's influence. The goal is to disrupt the work of God. So today we pray deliver us from evil, from an evil heart. We pray deliver us from the evil one. But there's one last thing I must say to you. We must pray to be delivered from this evil age. Now what do we read? Galatians chapter 1 is what I want to read to you. And I'll just read it quickly as our time is going along. Galatians 1.3 Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the phrase for today. Who gave himself, our Lord Jesus gave himself for our sins. Please notice. So that, here's one of the reasons why he died for our sins. So that the Lord Jesus might rescue us from this present evil age. When you pray, deliver us from evil, you're praying for rescue. You're praying for rescue. You're praying for the Lord to give you rescue from the world in which He's left us. He's left us here in order to share the gospel. Surrounded by an opponent who seeks to disqualify and discredit His church because we also carry within us an evil heart. You see, it takes the power of God to deliver us from our evil heart. It takes the power of God to rescue us and protect us from this evil one and his demons. But it also, it also takes the power of God 
to rescue us in this world. Now, he doesn't take us out of the world, does he? He's leaving us right here in the world, and the world is always, the world is characterized by, what does John say? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You see, the world age is all about this, my friends. It's all about self-fulfillment, self-satisfaction, and self-importance. That's the world age. That's the world age. That's the system of the world age. It's about yourself. Be fulfilled doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what, where you go, who you're with, doesn't matter what you call yourself, does, be self-fulfilled, be self-satisfied. Whatever you have to do, if you have to hurt other people, if you have to treat people wrong, why you're the most important, you've got to be self-satisfied. And because of that, you have the greatest importance. You are the one in charge. But you see, we pray, deliver us from evil so that we might have protection, direction, and determination. This is why we pray this prayer. We need protection. We need protection. The one who called us has left us in this world And so he calls us to go and share the gospel in a dangerous world. Now, all the parents and grandparents in this room, whenever your children, like like mine, when they've left to go to school or to move somewhere else, we always talk to them and warn them about, now be careful who you associate with. Be careful where you go and what time you're going and what you do because we know there is evil. There's harm that can come in the world. We must pray for one another because as we go, the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There is is one who is our adversary, who who is all around us, who has set up traps in this world age. We must pray for protection and direction. So all through the, through the, uh, the, the book of Acts, we have examples of how the Lord leads by the Holy Spirit in this world. It's the same for us here today. We must ask, you must ask in your daily life, Holy Spirit, lead me as I'm in this world. Uh, For instance, uh, I read from uh, Acts 13. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, a specific geographical place God sent his men to do gospel work. You see, this is what we do. We pray for protection. We pray, we pray for direction. And we pray that God would help us be strong and stand our ground. This is what Paul was saying in Ephesians 6. You put on the armor of God and what do you do? You stand firm in the evil day. And I will promise you this. Every day is an evil day. Every day is a temptation day. Why must I pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? Because every day is a temptation and an evil day. Believers are saved in this world to go to the world with the gospel. So what do we need to remember today as we leave? What are the things we remember as we go? Well, first of all, as I've said, prayer for deliverance from evil is the daily prayer of believers. Surely this uh, wouldn't surprise you today. I guess I would be surprised if I asked you do, you, do you pray for deliverance from evil? Or do you think somehow you're above evil? You've overcome it. You don't have a problem with it anymore. Do you pray, deliver us from evil? 
And I would remind you also that if you're, what does Peter tell us? Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Yes, we say that a lot, but do we practice it? I would say to you this, my friends today, if you're going to resist the devil, you must pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You must pray. As we pray, we resist the devil. When you have all of these things going through your mind, when you're facing one of those great temptations, you must pray, as we saw last week, and ask God for a way of escape, a way for you to escape so that you can endure the temptation that you're going through because of the evil that is in it. And finally, nothing kills the world's attraction more than praying. If you want, to, you can't go out of the world. You go, oh, I'm going to move here. I'm going to move over to this deserted island and I'm going to live there. Problem is, I took my evil heart with me. And there I am on that island, and I've still got to deal with myself. The reality is, there's no place you can go. There's no church. There's no monastery. There's no hidden place. There's no mountain. There's no secret place you can hide. Nothing, nothing. No place in the world is exempt from evil or temptation. That's why we pray. That's why we pray. Deliver us from evil. So our Lord has been teaching us now these very important principles. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. To the praise of the glory of His grace, we pray today. We pray with, with great faith, deliver us from evil. Some of you today are facing a great temptation and you're facing the challenge of great evil against you. You may not even know it. You may not even be aware of it. That's why we pray for what we know and what we don't know. We pray, deliver us from evil. So let's pray today together.